On today's show, we wrap up position preview week by taking a look at the centers for your Houston Rockets coming into this next season. So, of course, Alperin Shingun. Hey, Houston fans. I am so happy. Jock Landale, Jeff Green, and Boban Marjanovic. The expectations, roles, bold predictions, and so much more. It's all coming up right here at Locked on Rockets. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. Throw it up to Jalen Green. Shingun here in the short row. Oh, Mike, that's the no look. Jabari for three and the win. Yeah! Look at Tarisen. Here comes Tarisen. Oh! T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. The Houston Rockets select Amen Thompson and Cam Whitmore. One thing I have never done is not made the playoffs, and so we want to take that step here as well. Six. Five, four, What's up and welcome to another edition of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and credentialed media member. I'm also the host of Locked on NBA Mondays. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin and the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts, including YouTube. Just search Locked on Rockets. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. And as always, thank you so much for making Locked on Rockets part of your day every single day, whether it's on the way to work, on your lunch break, in the gym. Thank you for making LOR part of your day every single day. We're wrapping up our position preview week here on today's show. Couple days uh, behind schedule, unfortunately, but couldn't leave the centers hanging. We had to talk about them. Alperin Shingun, Jock Landale, Jeff Green, and of course, Boban Marjanovic. Now, this episode, similar to the Jalen Green episode or the shooting guard episode, is going to be primarily focused on Alper and Shingun because he is going to be such a big, integral part of what the Rockets want to be able to accomplish this season. Uh, however, I do still want to, you know, show some love and, and highlight some of the things that Jock Landale, Jeff Green, and Boban do potentially bring to the table for this team. So, a little bit further down the line, but we're going to start this discussion uh, primarily focused on Alper and Shingun because he's been, I don't want to say a polarizing force amongst Rockets fans for the past two years of his NBA career, but it's been a bit of an anomaly, I will say. Just the way that some fans really seem to understand and see the potential vision with him, or I guess maybe more so the disconnect between Rockets fans and seemingly the rest of the NBA and how the Rockets kind of internally have viewed Alper and Shingun, right? Where Rockets fans are head over heels in love with Alpi. Other NBA fan bases love LP. Other NBA players love LP. We've seen time and time again, we had Kevin Durant talking about how LP is nice. We've had, we've seen other NBA superstar level players talking about how Alperin Shingun is good. We've had Jokic talk, uh, talk about him. We've had Giannis talk about him. We've had LeBron talk about it. We've had every single, like it feels like every star player in the NBA has hyped up Alperin Shingun at one point. And yet, the Rockets, through the first two years of Alpi's career, were very much still dedicated to the Kevin Porter Jr. experiment, and they never really leaned into Alper and Shingun's abilities, especially as a potential offensive fulcrum, offensive hub, a, uh, where's my shirt? A shin hub, a shin hub, if you will. And that, to me, is, I think, one of the biggest mistakes of the last two years of Houston Rockets basketball and kind of this rebuilding era, rebuilding processes, we still really kind of don't know 
what Jalen Green can be, and we kind of don't know what Alper and Shingun can really be because they weren't ever really fully unleashed through these last two years, right? First year, cool, KPJ experiment, awesome. Try it, see how it goes. They didn't do that, and I don't want to spend too much time harping on that because been there, done that, it's old news. Um, but when we do take a look back at his first two years in the NBA, I think that the main takeaway should be that he had a lot of success pretty much in spite of a coaching staff that didn't empower him and didn't really believe in him a ton. And to an extent, I, I, you know, a, an organization that didn't really appear to believe in him. Now, they say the right things. They do all the right things. When, you know, they get asked about Alpio, we, we love Alpio. He's great, all this. But actions speak louder than the words, right? And so they were willing to bench Alper and Shingun for Bruno Fernando, right? Because Bruno Fernando benefited Kevin Porter Jr. And that was a thing that happened. And then Bruno got hurt. And so LP kind of lucked out and fell back into the starting lineup. Had Bruno not gotten hurt, LP might've been riding the bench for the first quarter of that season or half a season, potentially. I, who knows, right? But thankfully we didn't have to deal with that. And then later in the season, after trying to make Alper and Shingun a rim runner all season long, Kevin Porter Jr. gets hurt. And then suddenly the touches go up for Jalen Green and Alper and Shingun. And those two guys look really great in that stretch where Shingun's getting all this extra burn. He had that massive game against the Lakers, which was a ton of fun to watch. And we kind of saw a very brief sample size of like, oh, this is what it would look like if you actually played through Alper and Shingun. And there wasn't really like design sets or all sorts of amazing stuff added to it. It was just, let's just give him the rock a bit more, right? And he made things happen with it. That's the thing that he does, is you put the ball in Alper and Shingun's hands, he makes pretty solid decisions with it, he gets his teammates open, or open high-quality looks, because he's the one player on this Rockets roster that routinely commands a double team. He commands a double team, he collapses the defense, and he's a pretty darn good passer. He's pretty pretty solid at finding the open man. So it's either you try to guard him in single coverage and he's a foul magnet, right? So he'll he'll draw fouls at an insane rate or you force the double team and then you get a wide open look for somebody else on the roster. The problem is it really never felt like the Rockets learned how to play with him, right? Where there was always, Alpi would get the ball, you know, down low, low block, whatever. And there was always a lot of standing around, very little off ball movement. Guys weren't sure how or when to cut. Um, and it was just frustrating kind of seeing all that talent go to waste. Now, I'm not going to only focus on the good stuff uh, that we've seen out of Alper and Shingun through two years uh, because we did see some some struggles, right, at, at, you know, defensively. He has to get better defensively. And I do think that his defense was kind of made the scapegoat, I think, for last year's Rockets team, uh, talking to, you know, staff members, talking to people who, other people who cover the team, fans, it kind of felt like Alpi's defense was the scapegoat of, oh, well, Alpi's not great defensively, this, that, and the other thing. Well, the whole team was pretty bad defensively last season. And of course, that's going to make things look worse when your backline defender is also not a great defender, unfortunately. But I do think there's a world where if you utilize Alpi in slightly different ways, you can at least get to a point where he is a passable defender um, rather than exclusively playing him in deep drop coverage, which is exactly what Steven Silas and the former coaching regime elected to do. So defense has to get better for LP. Um, and that was definitely an issue, not just for him, but for the entirety of this Rockets team last season. But pardon me, there's a world where I think that with Ime Odoka, with the pieces that are now around Alper and Shingun, 
uh, this team can really take a step forward. And I think that Alpi has the potential to take a step forward defensively as well. So coming up, I do want to get into some of the expectations for what his role will look like this upcoming season, how Ime Odoka plans to utilize him both offensively and defensively. Also want to talk a little bit about what Jock Landale, Jeff Green, and Boban Marjanovic bring to the table with the center position, as well as getting to our stat line predictions and our bold predictions for the centers on this Rockets roster. We're going to get there in just one moment. First, today's episode is brought to you by DoorDash. Look, I use DoorDash all the time, probably more than I should, honestly, but it's such an amazing app, right? Maybe you just wake up one day, you're not feeling well, or you just don't feel like putting on pants or walking out of the apartment or a house or whatever, and you just open the app, find your favorite restaurant, order your food, shows up right to your doorstep, right? It's amazing. It's so convenient. Now you can get your groceries delivered with DoorDash too, right? The same company that you've been trusting to deliver your favorite food and your favorite restaurants right to your doorstep, you can do it with groceries now. You'll get exactly what you ordered. They have thousands of grocery stores to choose from. You'll find the best in your neighborhood and get exactly what you want. You've got to try it, got to check it out. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use code LOCKEDONNBA at checkout. Limited time offer terms do apply. That's a 50% value off up to $20, no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNBA. So don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONNBA for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Now, looking at kind of expectations for Alper and Shingun this upcoming season, I think that offensively, there's a world where I'm incredibly excited about what Ime Odoka can accomplish with Alper and Shingun as, you know, a more of an offensive hub, a fulcrum. Um, running offense through him because we saw him do that utilizing Al Horford as, you know, a, a passing big at times with the Boston Celtics. And Shingun is, I think, far and above a better playmaker than Al Horford. So, and, and arguably just an overall better scoring threat, post presence, whatever you want to call it. Now, Al Horford's a significantly better defender at this stage in their respective careers. Um, that's kind of the trade-off between the two. But what Al P brings to the table offensively is so unique. And for a coach like Ime Odoko, who preaches sharing the basketball and unselfish play, which I will highlight at times last season, just like everybody else on the roster, Shingun could be a little selfish with the ball, right? There were times when... He would get the rebound and he put the ball on the floor and try to drive like coast to coast because he wanted to, you know, make a fancy play or get the coast to coast big man transition finish, which is always a highlight reel waiting to happen, all that. I'd love to see Shingun get the rebound and look for outlet passes more, right? Um, get the rebound, immediately look up and survey the floor. You're gonna have so many athletes playing on the floor with him. Jalen, Amen. Uh, even Dylan, you know, running out in transition, potentially Cam Whitmore, uh, Jay Sean Tate, who likes to get out and run, like all these guys, just Tari, who's a freight train, just look up, find somebody in transition, and just quarterback pass the ball down the floor to really ignite the break. Um, and then there's plenty of times, too, in the half court where, you know, sometimes the double team does come over and Alpi realizes a little bit too late or gets an offensive rebound, and everybody's kind of guilty of that at times. Um, but it's just worth worth highlighting, right? That, you know, hopefully these are some of the, you know, the, the kinks in his game that uh, Ime will be able to iron out a little bit. But 
offensively, I think the sky's the limit. And when you have a dynamic duo like Jalen Green and Alper and Shagoon, who we've seen flashes of their two-man game potential with one another these last two years, uh, we saw quite a bit more of it last season. I fully expect that two-man game, Jalen and LP, and the pick and roll between those two guys to be the bread and butter for the Houston Rockets offense. Their offense is going to consist of a handful of, of major plays, and the initiators for those plays are going to be Jalen Green, Alper, and Shingun pick and roll, Fred Van Vliet, Alper, and Shingun pick and roll, and then Alper and Shingun either at the elbow or at the top of the key or on the low block initiating offense. Those are going to be kind of the three main bread and butter offensive sets, plays, whatever you want to call it for this Rockets team. And LP is featured in all three of them, right? The question is, in the ones where he's as the, as the pick and roll threat, right, for Jalen and for Fred, first off, I have the utmost confidence in Fred's ability to find LP on the roll. Jalen showed an increased chemistry with Alper and Shingun in the pick and roll last season to where he was able to find LP with these little shovel passes, bounce passes, you know, sometimes over the top, whatever. They had, they started developing a really great chemistry. You know, having two guards that can actually find LP in the pick and roll when Kevin Porter Jr. really didn't, develop that chemistry with LP until like March of last season is going to do wonders for him because he can be effective in the pick and roll. But I also want to see them not exclusively use him as a roll threat, right? Let him roll, let him pop a little bit, let him take some threes, let him go on the short roll, right? Let him slip a screen and then collapse the paint from the middle or collapse the defense from the middle of the floor, uh, you know, grab the ball in the paint right around free throw line, free throw line extended and make some things happen from there the possibilities are truly endless with what you can achieve when you have that dynamic of a big man on your team. So offensively, I think this Rockets team has a lot that they can do. Defensively are going to be the big question marks, right? For LP, it's going to be how much has he grown as an individual defender? And the second part is going to be what types of defensive schemes does Ime Odoka implement to try and help Alper and Shingun defensively, specifically, right? Do we see some hedging? Do we see LP switch, right? Does does Ime give LP the confidence and say, you know what? I'm comfortable with you switching onto smaller guards. This is how we're going to play it. You're going to have help over here and help over here. You're going to be on a bit on a bit of an island. Play it right. Let's see what happens, right? Because the previous regime was never comfortable experimenting with any of that, right? We saw very infrequently sometimes where Alpi did get switched onto smaller players and he kind of held his own, right? Think about the Nets game near the end of the season where he got switched onto Mikhail Bridges, who's not a smaller player, but he's a wing, right? Like four or five times in one game and Alpi held his own against Mikhail, like every single possession that he got switched onto him. So I think because of Ime and his creativity defensively, and his aptitude for that side of the basketball especially, I have really high hopes that they're going to find a way to get the most out of LP on an individual basis defensively, but then also finding the right schemes to help him, right? To help mask some of those areas where maybe he can't, you know, improve, where he's already at his best, right? He's at his 99th percentile of what he can do on the floor defensively. So then you have to add in, all right, we're going to put a little extra help at this spot on the floor, right? Like Jabari's going to cheat over. If you're guarding a wing on the corner on a switch Jabari's going to cheat over and make sure that you've got the help so you angle your body this way funnel the def- the offensive player down look whatever that kind of stuff and that you know I'll leave the X's and O's up to Ime to figure out but I have the utmost confidence that they're going to be able to figure something out in that regard uh thinking about expectations for LP this season uh JJ Redick 
recently on his podcast, Old Man and the Three, talked about the fact that Alpi, he said, is a guy that he thinks all of a sudden after year three will be a household name in the NBA, which is high praise from J.J. Reddick. So let's run that clip back right now. It's, I'm going to go with Alper and Chingun. Um, again, we know he's good. I'm talking about breakout. And I've seen people compare him to like a, a Jokic light a baby, little bit. Baby, baby Jokic. Yeah. 14 points a game last year, almost 15, nine rebounds, almost four assists, 55% from the field. Um, a few things here. Houston's going to be more competitive. They bring in Ime Udoka. They're going to have more structure in the same way that Jokic or Sabonis functions as a hub for the offense. Uh, Shangun is going to do that for... Houston Rockets, and then the additions, and to some degree, the subtraction. And, and that's the additions of uh, Thompson and the additions of Van Fleet, uh, guys who can really pass the ball, guys who can run an offense. Uh, Thompson, of course, there's a learning curve for every rookie. Um, but with all of that, and, and, and to some degree, uh, if I'm being honest, the, the loss of, of Kevin Porter Jr., likely for the season, I would assume, um, I think that's going to benefit Shengun. I really do. And I could see him having a Sabonis type season. Um, do I think Houston's going to be a top six team in the West? No, I don't think that. But he's a guy that all of a sudden, I think after year three, will be a household name in the NBA. Do you like the Jabari Smith fit? And then also, do you think, obviously we don't we don't know anything and we don't know what Udoka's plan is, but if you were in the room with them, would you, would you run your offense through him like they do with Jokic? Yes, I would. Um, you know, obviously, you're going to run a fair amount of pick and rolls uh, with uh, Van Fleet. Thompson will get pick and rolls. Uh, Jalen Green, uh, I think the DHO game with him uh, on a side two man action, um, that's great. And then, you know, out of delay action, five out action, his passing ability, uh, his you know instincts as a playmaker, I think are really valuable. And then you can always post them. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say if I'm Ime Yudoka, I'm running the offense through him. They're really interesting. They're there's very a lot, interesting. There's a lot going on. Brooks is going to be really interesting. They, I mean, I didn't pick him, but Jabari, I think, is another one. You know, you asked the about year. the fit. I'm sorry, I didn't answer that. And, and my quick response to that uh, was based on Jabari Smith's play in Summer League. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and it, Jabari Smith did not have a great rookie season. Uh, you know, hi, highly inefficient uh, on the offensive end. Had a, a two or three week stretch towards the end of the regular season where he looked really good. Uh, he was phenomenal in summer league and shot the ball uh, from the outside. And so I think that pairing works. I do. Yep. Shout out to JJ Reddick for showing the uh, showering the young Houston Rockets with some love there. Uh, mentioning a lot of the things that we already brought up, right? The two man game between LP and Jalen, those DHO sets, uh, the, the empty two man actions, which we saw a lot of uh, last season, are seemingly really effective between that duo. And I, I didn't even mention Amin Thompson, so shout out to the JJ clip uh, for saving my butt there. But having another guard in Amin Thompson, right? Somebody who can facilitate in the pick and roll, who can see over the top of defenses. So another guard who can help set up Alper and Shingun. And I'm right there with, with JJ, right? I fully agree that the Rockets should be running a majority of their offense through Shingun. It feels like he will be a huge part of the offense, if not directly, but just, you know, as a side effect of being a part of those pick and rolls with Jalen, Fred, Amen, all of that. He's going to be involved in so much of the offensive action. Uh, I think he's, you know, poised for a breakout season, right? Compared him to Sabonis, compared him to Jokic. Uh, this could be the year where we see Alper and Shingun really break out and 
become a common household name. So I like that take from JJ Reddick. I'm fully on board with it. Coming up, want to share some thoughts on the other centers on the roster, Jock Landale, Jeff Green, Boban Marjanovic, what they're going to be able to contribute to this team, as well as our stat line predictions, bold predictions, all of it. It's coming up in just one moment. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Do me a favor. Let me know your thoughts on the Rockets centers going into this season. They got four of them on the roster. Uh, one of them is going to get quite a, you know, a significant amount of playing time. And then, you know, kind of rotating probably between Jock Landale, Jeff Green on the back burner, and then Boban, uh, you know, hanging around for the vibe. So we'll see how that, how all that works out. But let me know your thoughts, your expectations for these guys uh, in the YouTube comment section. Give me your bold predictions. Give me a bold prediction for Alper and Shingun. Um, I will say, just you know, kind of quickly going through these guys here with Jock Landale. First of all, I love the addition of Jock. I think he's you know a fantastic hustle, hard nosed big to bring to back up Alp. Somebody who's really going to. Uh, push him in practice and then also just situationally in the game, right? The Rockets kind of have this new version of the goon squad with Amin Thompson, Jay Shantate, Tari Eason, and Jock Landale as the primary four off the bench for this team. And I love that bench unit. Now, that, that those four guys might not get a ton of run all together at the same time, but all those guys have that dog mentality. They hustle, they fight, they get after it. Um, and so I think that's that's just kind of what you want right in in a couple of those backup spots so i fully expect jock to have a really solid year with the rockets and i do think again his role is going to be kind of situational some nights it might be landale some nights it might be jeff green hell some nights it might be boba right who gets some of the backup minutes and some nights it might not be any of them if the rockets elect to play small and they want to run jabari smith jr as the primary backup five just for matchup purposes so there's a lot of lineup for versatility here, a lot of different ways that Eme can go with how he wants to slot certain guys in and out of the lineup. Um, and I think that's going to be an expectation that he sets pretty early on is that nobody is guaranteed minutes uh, and this team is competing, right? Eme is going to push all the right buttons and do all the right things that it takes to win basketball games. And that might mean there might be a night where Jalen's not closing the game or where Shingun's not closing the game or Jabari's not closing. If, you know, matchup dependent, uh, if there's a better matchup somewhere else on the floor, or if somebody else is having a better game, that player might get the run. Um, it's going to be a meritocracy moving forward. Guys are going to have to play to earn their keep on this roster. Uh, looking at Jeff, though, in his role, Jeff, first off, Jeff Green, I think, was a sneaky great addition for this Rockets team, a huge veteran boost, uh, somebody who played a pivotal role for the championship Nuggets last season. Uh, so I do, while I don't think he's going to be a necessarily a staple part of the rotation, you know, consistently, again, I think it'll be matchup dependent. I think he'll probably rack up a fair, fair share of DNPs this season, uh, having him around, having him as a, another stabilizing veteran locker room presence is going to do wonders for this young group and bringing Boban back is solid too. Like just for the vibes, I think Boban is one of the most genuine human beings you will ever meet having him around just elevates everybody um because even when the going when the going gets tough when you know it's a long grueling 82 game season having somebody there like Boban in that locker room to help kind of ease the tension you know calm some frustrations at times it, it can be really beneficial so I like that they brought Boban back I, I do kind of you know I kind of wish that they maybe would have used that roster spot on a different like 
a different style of big, maybe, maybe like a, you know, a rim runner over the top basket kind of big. I remember suggesting JaVale McGee potentially. Um, but you know, it's neither here nor there because whoever they put in that spot was likely only, only going to get spot minutes anyway. So not the end of the world, but when we look at the stats for these guys, I want to circle back to Shingun here. Um, Actually, you know what? I'll save Shingun for last. We'll 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 do the Shingun one last. I'll go through these other guys really quick, um, because for Jock Landale, I think it's going to be pretty simple. I think it's you know a quick you know eight points, five boards off the bench. You know his minutes totals. He's going to get anywhere from could be as few as ten minutes a night. You know in certain games to as much as 20, 25 minutes a night. Right? It just kind of all depends on matchups. Um, and I think I think what we see, and this is kind of like a two-parter bold prediction for Jock Landale. So kind of too many predictions, if you will. Uh, one, I think Jock develops a consistent three-point shot this season. Uh, it's something that he's been working on. We know that he's been working on trying to, you know, kind of convert himself into a stretch big. And given that the Rockets are an organization that still very much values analytics and three-point shooting above all else, uh, it would not shock me to see, uh, you know, an emphasis being placed on that by Ben Sullivan working with Jock Landale. We, we've seen some pictures of him in the Rockets practice, practice facility getting threes up. Uh, it would not shock me to see Jock Landale actually come out uh, with a consistent three ball this season. So I'm going to predict eight points, five boards, and 34% three-point shooting for Jock Landale. And my other bold prediction is I think there's a world where, you, where we might actually see some Jock Landale, Alper, and Shingun minutes at the same time on the floor. Depending on the matchup, if they go up against like a Twin Towers lineup, like let's say the Cleveland Cavaliers, potentially, uh, we might see some minutes where Jock and Shingun actually share the floor with one another. So that's a bit of a bold prediction. It kind of overlaps between the two guys, but I just wanted to get that one out there. Now, for Jeff Green, I kind of already talked about his his veteran impact and the presence that he brings. I, I won't go with a stat line prediction for, for Uncle Jeff, but what I will say is I think he's going to be the most important veteran addition to this Rockets team. Now, I, I know that might be a bit of a reach because obviously they, they went out, they got Van Vliet, they went out and they got Dylan Brooks, and those guys are going to have more of an on-the-court impact for sure. But I think when you look at the longevity of Jeff Green's career, where he's been, the types of players that he's played with, uh, the season that he's coming off of, the knowledge and wisdom that he'll be able to impart on some of these young players, he literally just won a championship with... Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic, who you can very easily look at and see the similarities between those two guys and a Jalen Green and an Alper and Shingun, right? And the way that Murray and Jokic have their two-man game, and that is the uh, entire basis of the Denver Nuggets offense, the, the same way that Jalen Green and Alper and Shingun, their two-man game should be the basis for the Houston Rockets offense. I can see a world where Jeff is constantly pulling Jalen or Shingun aside and saying, hey, so look, try this, do this, try different things here. This is what I'm seeing. You know, just again, that veteran voice, basically having like another coach on the bench, but also on the floor at times is going to be so invaluable for this Rockets team. So I think that's my bold prediction for Jeff. Um, I, I do really love the pickup. Uh, I think having him, if you had just gotten Fred and Dylan would have felt solid, but having that like, kind of old man on the team in Jeff Green, who can still hoop, by the way. Jeff can still play. He's not just he's not just locker room Jeff Green now. Like he, can, I still fully expect him to get some minutes here and there situationally this season. I love the pickup for him. Already talked about Boban, kind of what he brings to the table. Uh, and let's face it, Boban's just going to be kind of the victory cigar, right? When it, when it hits garbage time, whether the Rockets are winning or losing, those are the Boban minutes. And he's, he's uh, you know... 
It used to be Bobby Brown was the human victory cigar. Now it's Boban Marjanovic is the human victory cigar or the human defeat cigar, I guess. Um, hopefully less defeat this season than last year. But for Alper and Shingun, uh, stat line prediction for Alp. I've mentioned this stat line before, and I, and I feel honestly very confident in saying that I think Alp this season gets up to 20 points, 11 boards, five assists, and I think he's going to average a steal and a half and a block and a half per game. He was already just under one steal, one block per game last year, 0.9 in each category. Um, I really do think he's going to average about a steal and a block and a half per game along with the 20, 11, and 5. And I'm going to call it right now 35% from the three-point line. He comes back with a heater. He shot 33% this past season on very low volume, unfortunately. So kind of look, re, you know, looking at his stat lines, I, I know JJ mentioned it in the clip that we ran, but this past season, right, just under 15 points of contest, nine rebounds, four assists, uh, just under a steal and a block per game uh, on his three-point volume. Uh, just just under a three a game, but 33% from three. And then his two-point percentage, 57% from the <coughs> from the floor there. Or I apologize. His field goal percentage, 55%, and then 57% exclusively from two-point land. Um, I think those numbers are going to just go up across the board. I think there's a world where if the Rockets really do lean into him and capitalize on the two-man game between him and Jalen, which is what I fully expect them to do, uh, there's a world where Alpi's averaging 20 and 11 and five. Maybe even maybe even more than five assists. I might be shortchanging LP on the assists with just five. It could easily be like 20, 11, and six, 20, 11, and seven. Uh, and because of that insane volume, because the counting stats are going to be there, and I think because the Rockets are going to have so many powerful narratives behind their team this season, my bold prediction, uh, similar to J.J. Redick, right, talking about breakout player, breakout candidates this season, I think LP wins most improved player of the year. I think the Rockets are going to make a very strong push for the play-in. LP is going to be at the forefront of that push. And if the counting stats are there, if he's breaking 20, 20 points a night, 11 rebounds, uh, and he's got the five assists, again, that's a, that is a Sabonis-esque stat line. And even if the Rockets aren't a top six, top four seed like the Kings were this past season, uh, that stat line alone should put LP you know, far and away the favorite to walk away with most improved player of the year, uh, or at least put him in in heavy contention for the award. But my my prediction is Alpi wins most improved player of the year. And that would be a fantastic way to see him kind of bounce back from the first two years of his career, even though it's not a bounce back, but just, you know, honestly kind of sticking it to the previous coaching staff, right? Like, hey, like this is what you could have had these past two years. And this is what it finally looks like now that we got a chance to actually play uh, some meaningful competitive basketball. And the, and the last point that I do want to put in here before we wrap things up, uh, I love JJ's point about playing competitive basketball, right? I don't think we can reiterate that point enough, is that having these young guys playing competitive games, meaningful basketball games where they know that they are striving for something and that it's not just, ah, let's just let's just make it through another 82-game slate. We know we're going to suck. We know we're going to be a bad team. Who wants to put forth that extra, right? Who wants to go 110%? Who wants to go the extra mile when you know that the season is already an L the moment, you know, game one of 82 tips off, right? That's not fun. That's not fun for any of the young guys on the roster. And I do think that goes back to the whole argument of, you know, tanking and is it damaging to a player's future prospects, career, development, all that. 
I don't think we'll, I don't think it is because you see guys who have gone through those situations, right? Embiid in Philly, Devin Booker in Phoenix. And, you know, once those teams put winning, you know, first, those players turned out just fine because the talent rose to the top. But I do think it's just been frustrating for these past couple of years for the young guys because there's certain, some bad, bad habits were formulated, some tendencies were made. Um, you know, effort at times was not great from Shingoon or from Jalen, definitely from Kevin Porter Jr. at times. Uh, and that kind of just per- permeated itself throughout the roster, right? It's a brand new chapter. It's a clean slate. They're coming in with high expectations of ideally making it to at least the play-in tournament, potentially beyond, right? Uh, it should be an exciting, fun season. And of course, we're going to have to cover for all of that right here at Locked on Rockets. Don't miss our next episode where we're going to tackle the biggest questions going into Houston Rockets at Media Day and what to expect from Media Day. I'll kind of walk you through uh, how Media Day functions, uh, you know, what, what's going on behind the scenes, all that good stuff. And of course, we'll have all the individual player interviews, all of it posted up on the YouTube channel uh, throughout the day. Monday, Media Day is 11 a.m. to 2 p.m., Monday, October 2nd, and then we'll have training camp right after that. Four days of training camp, which I will be there in person again for us. We'll have all the exclusive uh, video footage, everything coming out of training camp, so it should be a ton of fun. So be on the lookout for all that content. But as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.